This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined, as always, by Robert Stewart and producer Christian in his opening weekend, College Baseball Showdown. As you're listening to this, unless you're one of the creeps that listens to it at like 1230 in the morning, we are on our way to Arlington, Texas for the College Baseball Showdown. The Arkansas Razorbacks will be playing a Globe Life field uh, starting against Texas on Friday. That's hey, shout out to the creeps, though. If you yeah. listen 30 no, minutes it, after we post it, that's awesome. I mean, like, maybe creep isn't, I mean, you're diehard. That's what you are. Yeah. You, you listen as soon as we put the episode out. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for those who watch on the YouTube. Uh, make sure to uh, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the YouTube. It's on the Hogbeat YouTube channel, H A W G B E A T dot com. I'm the managing editor at hogbeat.com. Robert's the baseball boy. We've also got Daniel Fair covering football recruiting and Jackson Collier uh, covering basketball. So a lot of good stuff going on at hogbeat.com. We'll have plenty of baseball coverage for this weekend. But we got a lot to get to on today's episode. And we're going to have Connor Nolan, former Arkansas ace. Great interview. Arguably our best interview on the podcast yet. And we've been doing this. is our third season. We loved it. A lot, a lot of good stuff from Connor. He gives perspective from a pitcher uh, who was thrown into an ace role, um, as Hagen Smith is now that Jackson Wiggins goes down with Tommy John. So uh, we'll get to talk to him later. But before we do, on Monday's episode, we talked about the lineup, talked about guys to look out for. We didn't really get to get to pitchers. So we're going to talk about Arkansas pitchers. Uh, the starting rotation is set. And we're going to preview some of the teams that Arkansas is going to play this weekend. So, a lot to get to. But, before we do, we want to remind you about our presenting sponsor. He's the reason that we can do this podcast from Arlington this weekend. It's Matt Morris State Farm. Just as your local State Farm agent combines good neighbors, service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home and auto and life insurance. Uh, actually, I don't know if you can combine the life insurance, but I know they, they provide life insurance. And you get a great rate because it is your good neighbor service and they have surprisingly great rates. Call State Farm agent Matt Morris. His number is 501-568-3222. He's your go-to agent located in central Arkansas for the service you deserve at the price you want. So give him a call and combine your home and auto and also get that life insurance you need with State Farm. Matt Morris, State Farm, 501-568-3222. All right, Robert, take it away with the starting rotation. Starting rotation, as we expected, will be Hagen Smith, Will McIntyre, and Hunter Holland. Um, you know, we, we heard from Dave Van Horn Wednesday morning, and it sounded like it was going to be a bit of a struggle to sit one of those guys with, with Jackson Wiggins. But, uh, you know, if there's any silver lining to, to the uh, season-ending surgery he's going to have to undergo, it's that uh, McIntyre and Hunter Holland both get to crack the rotation. Um, these are two guys that, um, well, McIntyre is going to be the only right-hander of the group, which, which is interesting. Uh, you'll hear hear from Nolan later on about how cool it is to have two lefties in in the rotation. But, uh, I mean, obviously everybody knows what Hagen Smith's capable of. Um, talk about the freshman wall with Connor Nolan later too as well. So, uh, you know, being a sophomore, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll have some more longevity as the season goes on. But, um, I mean, that's... You, you know what to expect from Hagen Smith if if you've been listening, if you've been watching Razorback baseball uh, for, I guess, what, 2022. So um, 
that's your ace. He's going to start against Texas Friday night. Will McIntyre, the number two guy, uh, feels feels good, right? I mean, Matt Hobbs, we talked to him after one of the scrimmages, called him a head-on-the-pillow kind of starter, uh, lights-on kind of guy. You know, I'm looking at, at these scr- uh, scrimmage stats that I compiled over the last three weeks, and it says McIntyre is rocking a six-point ERA. I don't think you can worry too much about that, um, as as we've mentioned a bunch of times. All these pitchers are are just dying to face new competition. Uh, so, you know, do with that what you will. I don't think it's super important. I, I would I would point to the 13 strikeouts that led the t- that led the whole pitching staff to one walk. Uh, that's that's encouraging for sure. Uh, he's I mean he's an SEC veteran at this point, right? He was he was critical to the Hogs down the stretch last year. Uh, and we saw him pitch in 2020 before things got shut down. So uh, he's been around. He's definitely one of the veteran leaders on this team at this point. Uh, and then Hunter Holland, uh, lefty, big lefty. You talked to him after a scrimmage, right? Uh, I don't think I got to talk to Hunter. He's tall. It's intimidating to yeah. talk to him. Um, he's uh, he's a Sanjak transfer. He's been drafted before. He was committed to TCU, so uh, he's he's a little bit familiar with the Big 12, I'm sure. Uh, he will be starting against Oklahoma State Sunday, so a little, uh, I guess, I guess a fresh arm to to face a, a familiar foe with the with the Cowboys there. Hunter Holland's good. I mean, you know, it's tough to talk extensively about him when we haven't seen him in in live game action, but he's he's impressed me in in the two starts I've seen him have this this winter um rocking a three era even eight to one strikeout to walk ratio just two earned runs against and uh actually i've got this score in front of me right here it was four soft hit singles that led to two runs so uh hunter holland i think is is the real deal we're going to see that uh this this weekend against oklahoma state and uh i sure do hope that he's a he's a guest on this podcast very soon because he's a great talker and can provide you with a lot more insight than we can yeah. All right, there you go. There's the rundown of your starters. Uh, if you're looking at bullpen guys, I mean, are we going to say that, you know, at least to start the season, Brady Tiger is probably going to be your closer? He's he's probably got a, a good chance. Um, I've I've heard the name Gage Wood thrown around. I don't know how how reliable uh, that would be as as he is just a freshman but he's he's shown flashes and of brilliance during these scrimmages so far um i mean i i i think tiger probably makes sense because he played the role last year uh you sort of know what to expect with him he he and zach morris in, in particular are two guys that have struggled during these scrimmages but again like i'm not gonna panic until they struggle during real games right yeah so I, I think the guys who have been here before, you got to trust them and, uh, you know, give them their innings, Morris and, and Tigert in particular. Um, and then and two, two transfers who I find particularly interesting are Cody Frank. Uh, you may recall that name because he got the loss during the Charlie Welch home run game in the 2021 regional against Nebraska. Um, Cody Frank has been, you know, not, he's not a hard-throwing guy but he he pumps strikes in there he's got a he's got a good mix of pitches i honestly can't tell you what he throws uh we were having this discussion the other day it's like he, it's just a, a mix of a lot well yeah if, what, what we've heard from you know some of the guys is that cody frank does not throw a fastball it's just 
all off speed. But he lives on the black. And he yeah, and it's just he I feel like he's gonna be really tough for opponents to hit. Oh yeah. He's probably gonna have like I don't know. When I think of Cody Frank, I just think like Cole Ramage 2.0, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if he's going to throw as many innings as Ramage did last year, but I think of him as like that same type of pitcher, just like less speed and just like all off speed, you know? Yep, for sure. Um, Aside from Jackson Wiggins, who only got to pitch one inning during the winter, Cody Frank is the team leader in ERA, 1.69, through five and a third innings. So, you know, small sample size, but still impressive that you know they're this far along and playing against themselves and he's still able to prevail like that uh, and then the other transfer that gets talked about a lot is Cody Adcock came in from Crowder College started his collegiate career at Ole Miss actually pitched against the Razorbacks in the 2021 SEC tournament shout out to those of you who remember that um, seven and a half ERA eight walks to four strikeouts the numbers, like, I mean, you can go look at his junior college numbers and his numbers at Ole Miss, too. Like, they've never really been impressive, but we are hearing a lot of hype from Dave Van Horn. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, that's the thing is, like, you, you're throwing out all these names, and it's because this is, I mean, even without Jackson Wiggins, the deepest pitching staff that Dave Van Horn has ever had, according to the man himself. Like, right. that's not just us saying that. And so, you know, they have a lot of guys with experience, maybe not at Arkansas, for some of them, but a lot of guys with experience uh, in the bullpen. And then they also have, you know, you mentioned Gage Wood, Cooper Dossett's a guy uh, that, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was healthy in the fall and he really hasn't thrown and hadn't thrown until like the past two weekends, right? Something like that. Yeah, he, he didn't throw. He, he logged three appearances during the winter and none in the fall. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were talking about this yesterday or Wednesday, excuse me, after Van Horn's press conference. Um, I think an interesting comparison – for Cooper Dossett, I'm not sure if it's Dossett or Dossett. We've never really gotten a clear answer on that. It's like the Neville Neville. Right, exactly. Thing. But we know we know it's Mason Neville. So right. I was right. It's not. <laughs> it's, yeah, Christian says Stovall. <laughs> Stovall. Anyway, uh, Cooper, Cooper D. We'll call him that until we get a. Uh, I think it's Dossett. Okay, we can go with that. We're gonna go with Cooper Dossett. It's a, didn't okay last year. Uh, what was his name? The Auburn dude. What was his name? Sonny Deshara. Sony, we call him Deshara or whatever for like two weeks. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> now, anyway. It was awful, but I mean, like best walk-up song in college baseball. Yeah. So I hope he's playing for Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. We'll circle back he to that. He should get to Christmas. play for them just <laughs> for his walk-up song. Anyway, Cooper D out of out of Harbor High School, in-state kid. Uh, an interesting comparison for him is Brady Tigert because Tigert uh, didn't throw in the fall last year. And then, so nobody really knew him. And then, as a freshman, you know, made his appearances and made them count. So, yeah. uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar freshman track uh, from Cooper Dossett. Another freshman that I really like is Sean Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, uh, a weird crafty lefty, a weird throwing. I mean, he's got a weird release. Uh, he's a. I mean, he's not going to blow you away with the fastball. It's just the way that it comes off. It's it's like a it's just so, I guess not natural. What what is the word I'm looking for? I can't think. unorthodox. Unorthodox is one, but he's got a he's got a great delivery that I I just like to watch it. To be honest with you, he's got the long blonde hair. I think you know, I guess I just like the way that you know he looks on the mound, not like attractiveness. <laughs> just, I just like I like the whole thing of him pitching. I like watching him pitch. His, so. pr- his presence. His presence, yes. I, I I like that. So 
I don't know how many innings, you know, any of these freshmen are going to get. I think if you're if you're talking about a freshman who's going to get a lot of innings, it's it's going to be between Dossett and Gage Wood. Sure. Those are probably your two guys. Circling back to Fitzpatrick for a minute, um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of innings from him. I do think you'll see a lot of appearances from him. You think? Yes. Uh, he, he led the squad over the seven open scrimmages in appearances. Um, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday of last week, he all pitched. He pitched all, all three of those games. Mm. Um, he's not going to give you longevity. Like, he's he's not – you shouldn't expect to see him for more than probably three or four outs, right? Um I've I've heard an Evan Taylor comparison. Yeah, he's he's going to be that lefty that just you know you need you need to face a left-handed bat. One he's, one batter maybe all he gets and and he'll be effective. Well, don't 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 think Evan Taylor and think this is going to look like Evan Taylor on the mound. Sean Sean Fitzpatrick is six foot one sixty five. Correct. Like, Evan Taylor is a big boy. Friend of the podcast, by the way. Um, okay, we need to talk about some names that people are probably thinking in their head. Hey, they haven't mentioned this guy. What's going on? Uh, Austin Ledbetter, Dylan Carter, Cody Adcock, and you might have said these, and I wasn't listening to. I you. got Adcock. Oh, you got Adcock. Okay, uh, but Ledbetter and Carter are two popular ones on our message board of like, hey, what's going on with this guy? Uh, so let's kind of go through those two. Dylan Carter had a great, a he great had, summer league. Yes, he did, and he had one incredible outing. I believe it was February the 6th. Yes, he relieved Brady Tigert. Four innings, no earned runs against what we think is going to be the starting lineup. And the thing with Carter is, is like, I don't really know how to feel about it because uh, as of this moment, you're not thinking he's going to do much this year. But, like, how much were we thinking Will McIntyre was going to do going into last year? You right. know? And so... Dylan Carter is on, like, if you're talking just summer league performance, he's on the exact track that Will McIntyre was on going into last year. Sure. And now, I'm not saying he's going to end up being the 2024 Golden Spikes Award winner because that's the next guy we're going to talk about, Austin Ledbetter. Correct. But, uh, yeah, no, Dylan Carter, I mean, like, what do you think? I mean, what do you think he's going to do? I don't know. I mean, you know, I feel like this is something that I hit on last year around this time, too. It's like the first month of the season is for – really finding out what these guys are going to be capable of. And then when you think you have an idea, you get into conference play and things change again. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's like I I could see him getting a bunch of innings out of the pen early. Um, but, you know, who knows if that'll be the case come April, May, June. All right, Ledbetter. Now, I like watching Ledbetter throw. He's from Bryant, so you know that he's going to end up being a great pitcher. That's just how it goes. A zero ERA in the College World Series last year. He pitched in the College World Series. Um, I mean, the way I look at it is, I mean, what do you think? He's probably he's going to throw in midweeks, you know. Um, I bet you he starts a handful of midweek games this year. And, I mean, maybe a bullpen guy on Sundays, yeah. something like that, you know. Um, he's going to throw. I just... I as don't. as somebody who's coming back, like I I feel like with Carter with with Ledbetter, the, these guys who are returning to Arkansas, they they've probably earned themselves some more innings just for sticking around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say that, and then there's like Jake Faraday, right? Yeah, is is he gonna get those innings like those other two? I don't really think so. Yeah, I don't know. And then we also we should mention Nick Griffin, right? Oh yeah, Nick Griffin probably gonna redshirt. I mean, it's That's almost what it a guarantee. Like. That Dave Van Horn said that he's 
when asked how Nick Griffin is doing, he I think he said he's like, like not he's so good. not doing so good. So it sounds like Nick Griffin is gonna redshirt, which is unfortunate because, you know, that's a potential lefty guy that could be good for you and he's not. So he he and Jackson Wiggins were the only guys who logged one appearance in the winter scrimmages. So mm. that that tells you he's probably not healthy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. No, I was about to ask Scott, was it based on solely performance or is there injury history there? I mean definitely injury history, right? I, I think so, but at the same time, you know, this, this one appearance that I have for him, he gave up four earned runs and got one out. He re- So he redshirted his first year due to an injury. I don't I don't know what it was. I feel like he's had Tommy John before. I think he has. Let me ask Andrew Hutchinson because he would know. Should we call him live on air? Yes. Call Hutch? He'll probably pick up. If he doesn't pick up, that's going to be really embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Hutch... Uh, a special guest for the people. <laughs> Come on. Hey. Hudge. I can't hear you very well. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Hey, you're on the Diamond Hogs podcast right now. Oh, I am? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, What was Nick Griffin's injury his freshman year? He had Tommy John. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just confirming. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he had it like he. It was like soon after he got on campus, like August or September or something like that. Okay, that's all I needed. Yep. All right, thanks. See you in Arlington. See ya. Yeah, see you in Arlington, Hutch. I am gonna try to hammer out those uh, plans today. Obviously, since uh, y'all are leaving tomorrow. Okay. Well, all the people listening to the podcast are gonna be expecting you to be there now. <laughs> All right, I'll keep y'all posted. All right, see ya. See ya. Friend what a jerk that guy is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Nick Griffin had Tommy John. That's what I thought. That was, that was a long-winded confirmation <laughs> of Nick Griffin having Tommy John surgery. All right, um, before we move on, let's talk about Matt Moore's State Farm. So when we're traveling to Arlington this weekend, we will be covered by State Farm, and that is thanks to Matt Morris. State Farm. I use State Farm Insurance personally because you get a great rate. That I mean, they're very helpful. If anything is like any little detail is wrong, they will give me a call and say, "Hey, this is what's going on. Let's get this figured out." And they want to help you. Uh, they give you that car insurance. They give you home insurance. They give you life insurance. And Matt Morris can help you with all of that, not just in Central Arkansas, but all across the state of Arkansas. He's helping us to get to Arlington. He's going to keep us safe. Anything that happens, covered. State Farm. Matt Morris. Huge. Huge. Give him a call, 501-568-3222. Get those great rates. Get that coverage you need. Save some money while you're at it, to be quite honest with you. Just save some money. Don't spend like, don't spend money you don't need to spend. You know, Save that money. Buy some tickets to go watch Arkansas play baseball. You know, uh, So call Matt Morris. Save that money. Get those great rates, 501-568-3222. Shall we do a quick hitters on all the freshmen we haven't men- mentioned? Because I think that's that's all it is. Yeah, I, I mean, we could, in, you know. Just real quick. Okay. Josh Heineman, big guy from Jonesboro. I believe he played offensive line in high school. Uh, retired seven in a row during a scrimmage. Good for him. Uh, it'd be cool to see him. Who else? Who Christian else? Christian Fouch. Christian Fouch, he's got a splitter. 
That's all we know. He's he's a two pitch <laughs> pitcher. Uh, we were talking to Tavian Josenberger one day, and Josenberger. And uh, by the way, shout out to Tavian Josenberger's parents. Uh, his dad sent me a DM saying thanks for having my son on. Hey, pleasure's all ours. For sure. All right. Uh, Josenberger told us he's a two pitch pitcher. Saw a couple splitters in a row, and then he hung a fastball and he took him deep. Uh, mm. So that's what you can expect from Christian Fouch, fastball splitter. Every, ben Bybee. Everyone talks about a splitter. Ben Bybee. Um, Another Kansas guy. Overland Park, I think. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh, from the greater KC area. That's talk, about, talk about a big guy, 6'6", 235. He is big. Uh, I feel like I've seen him play more umpire than pitcher during during these scrimmages. Whoa. Uh, he's he, you know the 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 umpire crew is short a few yeah. people during during scrimmages. So ben Parker Coyle, guy. he's a lefty. I don't really know much about him. Uh, Jordan Husky, another lefty. Don't really know much about him. I think that's it, man. I think we're good. Okay, cool. Knock them all out, Christian. Who are you? Who's your Who's your preseason MVP pitcher? Talking to the mic, buddy. He's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta think. Give me a second. No, um, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, I, it has to be. I'm, I'm probably gonna steal your answer, but it has to be McIntyre, right? Mm. If we're going with the Golden Spikes tour. If if the right. script is going to play out, but like it right. should, yes. To change it up, I'll say uh, Hagen Smith. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. That's a fair answer. Um, it's Hunter Holland for me. I Hunter think, Holland's I think, a great answer. I think we're gonna see a big year from from the new guy. Yeah, I like it. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so you went with Smith. That means I get to go with McIntyre. Yes. Okay. So let's I'm, just pick the three yeah, starters. We're going to pick the three starters. <laughs> uh, let's talk about like a guy that, and we don't have a whole lot more time to spend on pitchers here. Let's talk about a guy that, you know, needs to step up, needs to be that guy. I mean, it's probably going to be Zach Morris, right? Like, he's got to figure it out, and he's got to come out of that bullpen and be that guy. Like, he's pro- Consistently. He needs yeah. to be the first guy out of the bullpen on Friday nights. That's what he needs to be for Arkansas, right? Uh, I mean, I would say him him and Tiger, depending on the matchup. And the thing about Tiger is, like, we we, st- we don't know exactly what the role is going to be. I don't even think Dave Van Horn knows, because right. when we asked him, he was like, well, you could, you could do all this, right. you know? I mean, when, when we got Hobbs uh, a week or two ago, I I asked him straight up the same question that Van Horn got asked, like, do you know what you're going to do with the back end? And he was like, oh, you know, we have an idea, but we, we need time during the season to flesh things out, right? Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on to the college baseball showdown. And if you want to hear about all the lineup, the hitters, projected lineup, all that good stuff, go listen to Monday's episode of the Diamond Hawks podcast with Tavian Josenberger. Reminder, we are having Connor Nolan on here in a little bit, but before we get to him, we need to talk about these teams that Arkansas is going to be playing at the college baseball showdown. Let's uh, let's throw a quick plug in there for hogbeat.com because we've got a full lineup breakdown in there and... Friday morning, I will have a uh, scouting report on the three Big 12 opponents up. Yep. So go, Hogbeat, go to hogbeat.com. Hogbeat.com. I have a full breakdown of every person uh, that we have in our projected lineup, including bench players who could find their way into the lineup. We also have breakdowns of pitchers that we did earlier in uh, in the year. Uh, we broke down the starters, the returners, the transfers. I don't know if we ever did a freshman story because at that point we didn't really know. Sure. Um, okay. Shall we start with the Longhorns? We shall start with Heston Toll in the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> Your Friday night starter? Not really. Um, that was a that was a joke on the We we were all conference. shocked. 
when he's uh who's the name of the head David coach? Pierce. Yeah, he uh he says that Heston Toll's gonna be his Friday night starter. I don't know why Dave let him go. We all we all just sat there for a second, and we were like, Is he serious? And then of course he wasn't. No offense to Heston Toll. Like we we like Heston Toll. His sister sponsored our podcast with Toll Sports Management, so I also think he had the best song on the team last year. I got mine by the Black Keys. Great song. Anyway. Okay. Pitching for Texas now. All right. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, your ace for the Longhorns is going to be left-hander Lucas Gordon. He is a junior with Texas. He was, a, uh, I believe I wrote that he was a 16-game starter uh, for Texas in 2022 on their run to Omaha. Um I thought it was interesting that he did give up uh, eight total runs in his super regional start against East Carolina and his Omaha start against Texas A&M. But other than that, very, very impressive season. That uh, If it weren't for those two games, I'm sure he would have a sub-3 ERA, probably a sub or very close to sub-1 whip uh, through 85 innings. So, you know, he's he's an established starter at this point. Um, it feels like a big question for... For Arkansas last year was being able to hit left-handed pitchers. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get a chance to see that opening day. Yep. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're looking for a a positive, at least you like added a left-handed starter that you've been facing a lot, right? Who's supposed to be really good in Hunter Holland. So, right. At least maybe you have more experience than you did last year. You know, preseason. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Texas, as far as their lineup looks. Very different. I mean, they they started the season unranked in the D1 baseball poll. Uh, I know Christian was a big Ivan Melendez guy. Hispanic Titanic. Hispanic Titanic 2022 we, Golden Spikes winner. Should we observe a moment of silence for Texas not having the Hispanic Titanic anymore? Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> very different lineup for the Longhorns. Um, I saw a Kendall Rogers tweet uh, the day that the – rankings were released. He was talking about three freshmen in particular, uh, Jalen Flores, Jared Thomas, and Max Bellieu. B-E-L-Y-E-U. Yep. 100%. <laughs> not not try to uh, stress myself out too much about that. Anyway, all three were top 30 players coming out of Texas, uh, according to Perfect Game. For comparison, Arkansas freshman Jason Jones was number three, and Sean Fitzpatrick was number 38. Mm, uh, thought, that, thought that was an interesting note. Nice. Um, but those those three guys for the Longhorns, they're all position players. Um, I would expect that they all are are good for Texas. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, there's gonna be a ton of fans there for this game. Oh yeah, Arkansas, Texas, Globe Life Field. You know the Arkansas fans are gonna travel, and then of course the Texas fans. You know, like what a great matchup. Both Friday night. Both teams coming off. College World Series appearances. Absolutely. Be great. Uh, moving on to TCU, though, because we don't have a lot of time. Cam Brown is your starter. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Kirk Sarlis, though. <laughs> because a list came out of like the, the, the most handsome head coaches in the SEC. Uh, Christian, did you see the list? No? Okay, grab the mic and tell me who you think the most handsome coach in the SEC is. Dave Van Horn, of course. No, Mike. He was top though. ten, though. No, um, no offense. No offense to DBH. He, what was he number seven? Yeah. Okay. The the email said he was top ten in a fourteen team league. I mean, it should be pretty obvious who you think it is, right? 
Tennessee. Who, who am I missing? Tony Vitello. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. number two. Right. He absolutely. Should. Absolutely. He was number two. Yeah. yeah. No. To him? To TCU? No. No. That's. And then this and is then. only SEC. Oh yeah, for the SEC. List. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who was number one? It was uh, Georgia, right? Strickland. Strickland? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not bad, but Tony Vitello. Vitello on MLB Network during the draft, like great. Yeah, that great, was he was point. he was good at that. Desk, <laughs> great TV. Whatever. Pres- yeah. Um, anyways, Kirk Sarlis is a good-looking man. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> I'm if you if you Google him, it's really hit or miss. But like his his appearance on the teleconference was good. Yes, no, he looked good. And this is just like you know, man to man, you know. All right, go ahead, Robert. Anyway, uh, Mr. Attractive will be throwing uh, Cam Brown, his right-handed junior, against the Razorbacks on Saturday. He posted a 4.42 ERA. In 53 innings last year, I believe he had eight or nine starts. So uh, he's he's a he's a veteran with the Horned Frogs down there in Fort Worth. Uh, he had an eight inning appearance in the in the College Station Regional last year. Thought that thought it was impressive that he did that in the on the postseason stage. Yeah, I was afraid. So for people who listen to the podcast, I had an A and M future last year for them to win that the is, national that championship. And TCU, TCU had you sweating. TCU had me sweating because I, I mean, like I thought TCU was going to win. That I thought they were going to beat A and M and go to the College World Series. But it, w- it would have been funny if if TCU knocked off Schlossnagel, who just left TCU for A and M. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, but but aside from the pitcher, the starting pitcher for <laughs> for TCU, uh, I think the big thing to note is that they're going to be an impressive team at the plate. Um, the Big 12 coaches picked them to win the conference this year. Wow. Uh, noteworthy. They're number 15 in the D1 baseball rankings. Uh, they've got preseason player of the year in the Big 12, Braden Taylor. He's a third baseman. He's also on the Golden Spikes watch list. Uh, career 319 hitter, two-year starter at TCU. Got an OPS north of 1,000. So uh, the dude can rake is, is what I understand about him. All right. They've got... Uh, Five other players on the preseason All Big Twelve team, so cool. It's it's a loaded squad. Saturday Got should be fun. Watch it, Will McIntyre, righty on righty. Yep, should be fun. Let's move on to Oklahoma State. Let's move on to Oklahoma State. The match. Do some talking for a minute while I do some research. Quick. Okay. Well, here's the thing about Oklahoma State, and it's unfortunate that this isn't like Arkansas Texas great matchup. This should be the Friday night matchup, right? Like, don't we? Can't we agree that like based on just the way that that regional played out. If if you're Flow Sports, you know, like I don't think Flow Sports has anything to do with the scheduling for this. But uh, by the way, it's going to be on Flow Sports. Sorry about it. Just listen to the Diamond Hawks podcast, and you don't have to watch the game. We'll have you covered. Well, uh, it should be the Friday night game, right, Christian? Yeah, I totally agree. I was actually just watching the highlights from the regional. Yeah, it was so electric. Yeah. I remember being so stressed, and you guys were there. I was at home, but I remember jumping out of my chair many times and just like, yeah, it was it was a great series. Yeah, it was. Um, go ahead. All right, so I can tell you about the uh, Oklahoma State has not officially announced a starter as of noon Thursday, uh, but we'll we'll keep you filled in on Hogbeat.com if that changes. Um, I have a source telling me that the Starter will be Jansen Keisel. He is a right-handed pitcher. Mm. Transfer from Brigham Young. He was a freshman last year. That would be BYU. 
Correct. 427 ERA in nine starts, 46 innings, uh, 58 strikeouts to 25 walks, 1.5 whip as as a freshman at BYU last year. All right, let's get to Rock Regio. Rock Regio. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about Oklahoma State is we don't really need to scout them because everybody surely remembers. By the way, I I listened I listened to a podcast or not. I I saw a clip from a podcast. I didn't listen to it. Rock Regio was on it and he was talking about you know the whole drama thing of him prancing around third base and he said, "Now take." I mean, like I don't know if I believe it or not, but he said that you know he was just he wasn't really thinking. He just he just did it. He wasn't trying to like you know, be disrespectful or whatever. And then the next time he hits a home run, he sprints around the bases. He said that he did that because he didn't know if the ball was going to get out, so he was running hard, and by the time that it got out, he just, like, had committed to it already. Take that with what you will. Like, I, I think the guy's a liar. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, like, whatever, dude. You're you're straight up lying. Like, you guys were a bunch of punks that whole series. So uh, it should be fun. It's unfortunate that it's in the 2.30 slot on Sunday. Like, people are going to watch, but I don't know, you know, it's just not... That has Friday or Saturday night written all over it. Yeah. I'm excited to watch Hunter Holland, though. Yes. he's. I, I think he's he's going to please a lot of fans. Um, as far as the rest of Oklahoma State goes, Nolan McClain, you remember him because he came in and promptly blew the game. Yeah, but he was really good at the plate. At the plate and in the field, he's he's a he's a darn good hitter. He's a darn good third baseman. I was about to say, he played at third base, right? Yes. Okay. Um, Anyway, he's on the Golden Spikes watch list as well, as as well as their ace. Um, well, he's their ace. No, 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 no. Their their ace oh. is also on the watch okay. list. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna talk about him because they're not gonna face him. No, that's fine. Okay, uh, you got something, Christian? Yeah, this is probably bad research on my part, but have they talked any about limiting his pitching or limiting his hitting or pushing him one way or the other? I mean, I would continue to use him both ways, but I don't know if. McClain? Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it seems like, based on the sample size we got in Stillwater last year, his his prowess is is at the plate, and I yeah. would I would focus his his training efforts there. Anyway, the rest of Oklahoma State, you'll recognize the names. David Mendham at first, Rock Reggio at second, Marcus Brown, the Springdale kid at short, Nolan McClain. Oh, they've got him listed in, in as the probable starter in right field. That's interesting. Didn't didn't see that one coming. Cool. Anyway, those are the names that I recognize on the OSU probable starters list. All right. Um, number nine, Oklahoma State's number nine. So we'll get a top ten matchup on Sunday. Yeah, very excited. Look, we're running long. Hopefully that people, hopefully people are driving to Arlington and listening. Nothing to better to do. They have nothing better to do. Uh, we have a great interview with Connor Nolan coming up. Before we do, let's go ahead and do our predictions for the weekend. I've I, I so I'm I have my season prediction like my week by week season prediction coming out um maybe today on Thursday I don't know it depends on if I can get it done or not definitely before the game on Friday I have them going two and one this weekend I think that's fair and I can't decide if they're gonna lose on Saturday or Sunday I think I'm gonna pick them to lose to Oklahoma State I'll take TCU take TCU I, I think I think they will be. Hunter Holland will be pitching, and what they will view is a rubber game, mm. and they will prevail. Christian, who was right like in all of his postseason predictions, by the way. Yeah, that was wild. I think the opener is a chance for them to drop the, one of the games this weekend. Yeah, they I might get because they might get surprised by Texas. They got what, who's pitching again from Texas? Uh, Lucas Gordon. Yeah, I mean he's lefty, great lefty. lefty. 
I mean, they might they might kind of get shocked by him. We'll see. But hopefully they respond, and maybe I'm wrong. But well, I you know you bring up a good point, and <clears throat> we've talked to a lot of these guys, a lot of new faces. You know, some JUCO guys, a guy like John Bolton from Austin P. When we talk to them, I, I'm thinking specifically to when we talked to John Bolton. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I've never played in front of more than like 1,000, 2,000 fans." It's it's going to be a, an adjustment for a lot of guys. So it's like, okay, you're going from that. If you're Caleb Cowley, you're going from playing on crappy fields in JUCO in Florida to the bigs. To you're literally playing at Globe Life Field, where the Texas Rangers play baseball in your first game. Like the it, the lights could be really bright. But also you got a guy like Hagen Smith on the mound where it's like you know he's been there and done that. He's been there and done that, yeah. And on the biggest stage in college baseball. Right. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Christian brings up a good point. You know, Texas being unranked, they have the potential to turn a lot of heads this year. But regardless, we're going to be watching baseball this weekend, and that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, watching the Wednesday night basketball game against Texas A&M was just – Dreadful. I was I was on the verge of tears, like <laughs> thinking about how happy I was going to be Friday night. <laughs> Robert, you kept texting our group chat, and you were like, "Hey, baseball on Friday," oh, and I was man. like, "Dude, you keep saying this, but I have to finish this basketball game." Like, <laughs> I mean, I was sitting I was sitting there enduring it too. Like, I wasn't doing as much work as you yeah, were, but dude. it's um, I'm so I'm so ready for baseball. But it's like, from my perspective, like I'm thinking of it like, yes, baseball is here. But from a perspective of, like, my job, I still have to cover basketball, and spring football's right around the corner. So spring not, football. not ideal. Uh, anyways, Connor Nolan coming up. Before we get to Connor Nolan, Matt Moore State Farm. Our boy. Everything on here is brought to you by Matt Moore State Farm. By the way, he's really good at basketball from what I've been told. Like, I, I've talked to people who played basketball against him in high school, and they said he was just one of the greatest basketball players they've ever seen. Um. Anyways, now he's really good at uh, insurance. So Matt Morris State Farm, he uh, he's your great, your great, great. I'm not even say good neighbor. Like State Farm says, good neighbor. He's a great neighbor. Like a great neighbor, Matt Morris is there. Yes, that is good. <laughs> that is good. Um, he's gonna have to do that every every time. <laughs> you are. You know, you have gotten yourself into this. Oh, hey, speaking of which. You know how for Monday's episode I put that bad picture of Robert on the cover? Oh, oh yeah, man. love it. Did you see the comment on Twitter? No, no. Somebody said that... Preston Birdsong. Preston Birdsong said that every episode, it needs to become like a worse picture of Robert every single time. It's progressively worse throughout it, the But it's like, they can only get so bad, you know? Like, we, start, okay. we started with the bar so low. Yeah. <laughs> also, my wife... Felt bad for you, so I appreciate maybe, that. Maybe maybe throw in one of those like Snapchat filters on one of them and just like yeah. maybe like, do some like funny yeah <laughs> yeah maybe I'll do some I'll look into that. Okay. Um, oh man. Yeah, she said that she felt bad for you, and I was like, he doesn't have a problem with it. He said it was okay. You have a comment? I I didn't I didn't fight it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is I mean, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> that is consent. That he did not say no. <laughs> um. Okay. Matt Moore State Farm though. Uh, he's going to be helping us get to Arlington, and uh, if you're on your way to Arlington, you need some coverage, or you're thinking, hey, I pay way too much for my car insurance, well, call Matt Morris. He'll give you a great rate, and he'll hook you up, not only on car insurance, but on home insurance and life insurance as well. So that phone number is 501-568-3222. And now, former Arkansas ace, Connor Nolan.
You're listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. We now welcome on Connor Nolan, former ace for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I mean, listeners of this podcast are very familiar with him. We really wanted to get him on last year. It just never really worked out. Connor, thank you for being with us. First of all, first question, how are you doing, man? You're with the Cubs now. <laughs> doing good. Uh, enjoying life and this new aspect that's going on. It's pretty fun. Is it is it weird for you right now? Because normally, you know, you'd be getting ready for opening day around this time. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I mean, uh, I, I threw a bullpen for the first time last week, so I'm kind of behind schedule. And I'm so used to having fall ball and this whole buildup. So it's definitely weird being on the other side. Curious about one aspect of, of life and pro ball in particular. Uh, we had Casey Opitz on last year, and he was telling us that he and Franklin were rooming together. I can't remember if they were still in spring training. Maybe they were because of the whole lockout deal. Um, but have I mean, have they invited you to live with them yet? Or is that, is that going to happen? Is it going to be a Razorback reunion? No, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, that, that might be down the road. So we didn't, of course, we didn't get to talk to you after you – you know, got selected by the Cubs. Just what was that feeling like? And, you know, now you've been part of the the the, the system for a while now. Just how's that whole situation going for you? It's going good. I mean, it was a surreal experience. Obviously, the draft is uh, unlike any other. Uh, you know, it's kind of a big uh, sit-and-wait game. I mean, you have to wait for phone calls, and then you get um, the wrong team at the wrong time or, you know, the right team at the right time. So uh, it's a stressful event, but... I'm really enjoying it. I didn't know if I was going to be back at Arkansas or uh, if I was going to be here. So um, it was definitely a a waiting game and uh, a game of not knowing what was going on. (laughs) But I'm I'm enjoying where I'm at. So uh, Dave Van Horn tells us all the time that there there are a lot of, you know, former pros or or former Razorbacks, current pros like yourself uh, that that come in during the offseason, work out in the facility. Uh, were, Were you one of those guys this year? Yes, I was. I was there for basically the whole off season until I had to report for mini camp. So, uh, you know, four months working out of the facility was was really good. We had a big group of guys there this year, and uh, for them to do that for us is is uh, really special. And it kind of brings everybody back, and you kind of get to catch up with everybody every year. Got a little two parter here for you. Who who were some of the other guys that were? Who were some of the other pros that were there with you? And then, did you notice any new faces uh, for the Razorbacks that that stuck stuck out to you? Uh, we had a big group. I mean, uh, Michael Turner, uh, you had Evan Taylor, obviously back, just drafted. Um, Opitz, Lyle Lockhart, uh, the Kevin Cops. Uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's so many names. It's, it's basically everybody either pops in or. I was there for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I got the opportunity to watch a couple of the scrimmage games. Obviously, they played the the Rangers uh, fall ball team, or I don't even know what they exactly call that. But um, I actually live with Hudson Polk, so I think he's probably one of them that sticks out. Um, you know, obviously, very good defensively, but he was swinging the bat really good this fall. Um, he's fun to watch and a, a great dude. But um, I think the other one that's going to – Catch a lot of people's eyes. Caleb Cali, uh, really physical, uh, big, big dude, can swing the bat, a lot of pop. So, I, I mean, I think if he translates what he did in the fall to the spring, he's going to have a good year. All right. I, I'm going to ask you about Hudson Polk later, but I want to I get to this because 
you know, the unfortunate news of Jackson Wiggins, he's not going to, probably not going to pitch again for the Arkansas Razorbacks. You went through this same situation that Hagen Smith is going through when Peyton Paulette went down last year. Just what's what's going through the mindset, you know, for Hagen, and what was your mindset last year when you're kind of thrown into a different role than you were expecting? Yeah, it's just adaptation. Obviously, this one's a little closer to the season. Um, so I'm sure that roles were probably already pretty much in place and everybody kind of knew where they were at. So he's probably going to have to either just continue what he's doing or um, maybe that's just one or two days off that are um, on the weekend. But I think just going out there and knowing that uh, you got to get the weekend going the right way. Uh, you want to get off on the right foot. I mean, obviously Friday's a big day. You get a lot of momentum going into the rest of the weekend on that day. So uh, it's a lot of weight to carry, but I think if anybody can do it, as we saw in the postseason last year, Hagen Smith can can step up and uh, fill those shoes however needed, and uh, the whole pitching staff really. I mean, you, you miss one guy, but uh, that takes a lot of innings out of the year that somebody else has to fill. So uh, we did it last year, and I hate it for Jackson, but um, it's a big opportunity for a lot of other guys that maybe weren't going to see as many innings. Have you been able to speak with Jackson or Hagen since all that went down? I have not yet. I know Jackson's probably getting overran with you know texts and calls, but um, I'll do it when the time's right. I mean, I I don't want to be the guy that's just buttoning at the wrong time, but uh, I definitely have some things to say to them. But you know, that's that's one of those deals. They they got a lot coming at them right now and a big week. I think the last thing they need to hear is from a, a has-been like me right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm curious what you remember about uh, your your experience personally uh, in, in 2021 when, when you went to this event in Arlington. Um, I, I remember I went. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun for me, uh, the, that Texas Tech game in particular. Yeah, it's a, it's a great event. I mean, that, that stadium alone um, really – opens eyes and uh, it, it's a great place to be playing baseball but uh i mean they got a good schedule the three big teams um in osu i think uh, what's the first game texas texas yeah i mean anytime you get that kind of competition in the first weekend you're really going to find out where you're at quick okay um so as far as being an arkansas razorback you know getting ready for the season What's that process like, you know, from a, a team perspective? Because we see it. We go to the scrimmages. You know, we, we see guys get better, guys struggle. Just from a player perspective, how is it with the coaches? You know, how hard is that leading up to opening day? It's difficult. I mean, you're trying to earn a role, and uh, it's kind of like all the pressure's on right then. Um, you know, it's – it's the fall. You're trying to figure out where you're at. And then the spring is really where you, you test everything out. You should be in your, you know, prime state to, to be ramped up for season. And, uh, you know, the coaches are telling you where you're at, where they think you fit into the team. And uh, you're trying to do that every weekend when you go out there and pitch in these scrimmages. We've heard so many pitchers tell us after scrimmages these past few weeks that they're just dying to face different competition. Like Hunter Holland the other day was saying he's faced these these starting hitters like 14 or 15 times. Um, uh, I mean, like, t can you take us in the mindset of you 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 get through that last scrimmage and then opening day comes around? How how relieving is it uh, to finally face somebody different? 
you know, the, the weight of the world's off your shoulders. You, you don't have to face the same guys you've been facing, uh, you know, every week for six months. Uh, there's always those guys that have the beat on you and you can't seem to figure out a way to get them out. Mine was always Braden Webb, but every year it's like one guy. He's always just, whenever that guy comes up, it's, it's an automatic hit, but uh, you know, it's just new blood in the water and uh, a fresh experience. I think it's just, you do the same thing over and over every day for however long and you're just ready to actually get in the action. Another thing that has been a, a topic of discussion is there's been a, you know, a guy like Zach Morris, he's, he seems to have really struggled um, here in a, a few scrimmages and during the fall, but I, I don't know. We saw what he did in the postseason. It seems like, you know, when the lights come on, he should be fine. But when a guy is struggling in those preseason scrimmages, is that something to worry about, you know, from a pitcher perspective? I don't think so. I mean, there's a lot of guys that struggle in scrimmages, and uh, they might have their preseason pitfalls. But, um, you know, it, it's like I guess the best example is in 21. I mean, Patrick Klender didn't throw for us until – uh, week four, week five, and you know he didn't look too great in the in the first couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden he's a one ERA kind of guy on on Friday night. So um, you know he might have pitfalls early, but I think he's a um, you know experienced enough, and he has good enough stuff to to carry him through ever whatever he goes through. Uh, we had Matt Goodhart on this on this podcast a bunch of times last year, and. He uh, he gave us a, a pretty good crop of of Kevin Cop stories as as somebody who who used to live with him. You mentioned him earlier. I'm curious if you have a favorite Kevin story. Oh goodness, there's so many. I feel like he probably told a lot of them. Uh, I don't know if I have a good one. I just think that Kevin is. It was so funny seeing his like demeanor during the the games. I mean, he's such a calm even kill guy and then you know he gets in the game and it's it's late uh, crunch time and he's over there just locked in laser focus and you just it's it's hard to see those two um, sides of him obviously the one that's the nice guy that'll shake your hand and you know goofy and then uh, laser focus golden spikes guy <laughs> i think so goodhart told us the story about kevin playing minecraft with his dad jort boss that that was a good one, and then Zebulon Vermillion told us that they were rooming together on one road trip, and Zeb was like laying on the bed eating pizza, and Kevin was over there doing push-ups the whole time, making him feel awful about himself. So that was well, uh, Kevin knew how to do it. He yeah. he always um, he would come into practice and he'd have his Whole Foods container and his little green shake, and I'm. Everybody's over there just kind of eating whatever they want. And he, he definitely was strict on his diet and uh, he was making some people feel bad. But yeah. actually, I got one good one for you. So uh, every week, Kevin would bring uh, donuts on, you know, game days. On, on Fridays, he'd bring a, a big batch of donuts and, uh, you know, chocolate milks and energy drinks and all this stuff, but he'd never touch it. So we always had this thing that he was kind of setting up the competition to, <laughs> eat the donuts and he's over there eating his whole foods that's pretty good I don't, I don't know i don't know if he had something something going on but he figured it out maybe he was just being a nice guy you know i mean you said he's a nice guy that that could also be it um 
another guy who has a uh, a story about him that I maybe it got blown out of proportion is Will McIntyre. Uh, uh, apparently he went into Dave Van Horn's office and demanded to get innings. So, and then, I mean, like last year, the way he finished the season was incredible. I'm curious what your thoughts on Will are and just the way that he developed from not even throwing at the beginning of last year to now he's going to be a weekend starter for Arkansas. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, I remember last year he was um, kind of down on himself and, you know, didn't really know where to go from not having innings and, when he had his opportunity early, I think it didn't go too hot from what I remember, but uh, then he gets in the postseason. It's just like the ultimate competitor, th- you know, throwing strikes. And that was the biggest thing that we needed. So for him to take advantage of that and just keep it rolling into another year, I mean, I'm super excited for the guy. And um, he's got great stuff. I mean, he throws a lot of strikes. He has a ton of pitches and he mixes well. So I think that if he can continue to do that, he's going to have a big year. On the topic of the postseason, uh, with with Oklahoma State on on the slate for this weekend, uh, we we've asked several guys how they how they feel about facing the Cowboys again, and we can't really get a response out of them. But do you think that they're secretly super pumped up to play them again? Uh, see, they can't tell you, but I'll tell you. I bet they're I bet they're fired up. Um, that was an emotional roller coaster last year, and uh, there's a lot of talk going on and. Um, I think there might be some built-up aggression from both sides that's uh, getting ready to get released. We, I think after one scrimmage, like Robert was asking a question to it was McIntyre, <laughs> and he was like leading up to like, is there, is there one team that you're you know looking forward to facing or whatever? And it, Oliver, you know Oliver, Oliver was like, oh no, let's not do that. And so, uh, but we can get that from you because you don't have to deal with that anymore. See, I don't have to report to anybody. They have their PR training they got to go through, and they got to be kind of cautious. But, see, I, I get to answer the hard questions. There you go. Okay. That's why we have you on. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, yeah. Speaking of the postseason, you took a couple of line drives in the postseason, and uh, that was um that was a big story. Like, Connor Nolan, tough guy. What was that like? I mean, did you have some pretty bad bruises after that? Yeah, I was bruised up. I was sore. I mean, in the moment. It's like you have so much adrenaline that's pumping through your veins that it doesn't. I could have got hit by a truck or something. I'd been fine, but then you sit there for about five minutes after the end, and you're like, "Oof, man, I'm, I'm gonna feel that one tomorrow." But uh, that was it was fun. I mean, that's that's what baseball's about. Just kind of doing whatever you have to do to get an out and uh, helping the team win. So um, I think I'm the only person that's ever got hit twice in the same inning. But um, I don't know if they keep that stat on the book. Uh, I remember Kevin Copps called you a gamer on Twitter, so that's got to count for something, right? Yeah, I'll take I'll take Kevin's compliments. <laughs> One more question about the postseason for me. Um, obviously, this I'm I'm sure this had to be tough for you in the moment. Um, the the pitcher's duel with with Dylan Delucia there at the end. Um, but now that now that so much time has passed, have you been able to reflect on that game and you know, like have you have you ever pitched in a better pitcher's duel? I don't think so. That I've I think I was talking to somebody soon after that game. I was just, that's what baseball is all about. You go out there, you give it your best, and the other guy does the same thing. And uh, you might throw a, a decent game, but that guy's on on today. And he was he was definitely on. I mean, that guy was tearing it up. So I think I couldn't have imagined it going any better um, in a sense of how I wanted to pitch the game. But you know, that's that's how it goes. The other team 
put the bat on the ball and, um, you know, you can't win when you don't score. So it's like, it's one of those things where you go back and forth about, oh, what could I have done? But I'm, I'm pretty at ease with that one. Um, I want to ask you about this. So Hagen Smith, we kind of talked about him a little bit. Brady Tigert, another guy who was a freshman last year. It seems like both of those guys kind of hit a freshman wall towards the end of the regular season. Is is the freshman wall a real thing, and how do you get over that? I think it's a real thing. I mean, once you hit a certain inning count, it's hard to adapt to um, that workload that you're not used to. Obviously, coming from high school, you throw uh, once a week as a starter. I'm sure both of those guys were in that spot. But, um, you know, Tiger, he's going back-to-back days or two days on a weekend. So I think getting adapted to having that workload and on the repetitive um, a cycle that it is in college baseball, it's it's definitely tough. But I think it, you just need rest. That's the biggest thing. Uh, I think we did it with Hagen. He took the last couple weekends off and came out of the pen. Um, he still threw, but he wasn't eating 70 or 80 pitches. So I think that's the biggest thing, just get a guy a little bit of rest, uh, kind of refresh, throw a couple bullpens, and, you know, hopefully it's it's better than the next week. <laughs> There's there's one more guy I want to ask you about, and that's that's Hunter Holland, uh, lefty from San Jack. It, I mean, the guy brings experience. He, he a starting experience too. He's been drafted, been committed A and M, TCU. Uh, I'm curious your your thoughts on him from maybe having been around him when you were in Fayetteville, and uh, how how you think he can help this this rotation with Wiggins out now. Yeah, I think that he's huge for the team. I mean. I think everybody dreams about having two lefties in a starting rotation that uh, can pump it up there pretty hard. I think he has every aspect pitching-wise. I mean, he throws hard. Uh, he's got good stuff. And uh, like you said, experienced guy. He's been around. So for him to – I think – is he throwing on Sundays? I, I think that's going to end up yeah. happening, yeah. He 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 threw the last scrimmage. Or he started the last scrimmage, which was on Sunday, so – that tells me he's thrown against Oklahoma State. It's a great spot. I mean, Coach Van Horn always figures out how to anchor that that staff with a guy that's uh, got experience and can handle those big moments. It's always those one-one series where you need that that third starter to really um, take the series. So I think it's uh, a big spot. And excited for him. All right, uh, I have a couple questions about catcher catchers. So you mentioned Hudson Polk. You said you roomed with him. What was that about? And I mean. Uh, it seems like, you know, the catcher spot still kind of a question mark, but I guess you got to know him. You know, Do you feel like he's going to do a good job for Arkansas? Yeah, I think he'll do great. Um, I think he's really good defensively, good at framing the ball. I think he's going to pick up a lot of strikes for us, and that's that's the biggest thing. Uh, in the past, we've always had a catcher that uh, steals a few in those big moments. Obviously, Opitz was the best at it, and Michael Turner followed that right up with, uh, unbelievable year. So I think having a, a catcher that defensively is uh, solid. I think Hudson fits that mold and he can swing it too. I saw him put a couple over the fence and apparently he got robbed the other day too from, from what I've seen. He did. That's right. Hunter Grimes. And right Grimes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's devastating. Um. Okay. I have to ask you this question and you can choose not to say anything. Uh, but as we talked about, you don't have the PR. The Michael Turner thing in the postseason with the the radio host, all that, um, would you like to comment on that? Uh, I mean, 
I don't even know how to how to start with that one. But, but I mean, it helped us win. I think. I mean, it was kind of the inside the team joke. It was like, oh, Michael Turner's a rental player. Like, kind of just giving him a, a earful. But um, I think it was good for us. I mean, as bad as it might have been outside of what people thought about that situation, it was kind of got him going. I think. I think he kind of loved it and kind of needed someone to doubt him at some point. So, <laughs> as you saw I, in the postseason, he kind of just took off. I mean, it was it was bizarre. He had one of the most unbelievable postseasons. I uh, I didn't. Nobody thought. Nobody who was there and listened to his comment. You know, after. What game was that in the SEC tournament? I don't even remember. I think it was when y'all got bounced in Hoover. Yeah, he made he made some comment about social media, and we didn't think anything. Like honestly, we agreed with it because some people were ruthless on social media, and then of course you know that radio host goes and says that, and Dave Van Horn made a joke about it at his Swatters Club, saying that that helped you guys. So I don't. I mean, like, was that you said you guys joked about it, but you know, did you did everybody kind of just like sit down and say like, okay, well. This this is you know fuel that we can add. Yeah, I mean everybody's got pretty thick skin. I mean there's not. Uh, we hear a lot of stuff. I mean there's a there's a lot of things you get thrown at you during the year, and you can you can hear the worst about you if you get on Twitter. But um, it wasn't so much. A, I don't think Michael took it really personally. I think it was just kind of got under his skin enough to to fire him up, and uh, there definitely was a talk of like, you know, just just use everything as, as fuel. We got bounced real early in the SEC tournament. We looked like a elementary school team out there, but um, we turned it around pretty quick and it, and it worked out. Yeah. No, that, it was really fun to watch you guys. Um, I got to ask this as well, and you can choose, you can choose not because you, you don't have, you don't have the PR. Like I'm taking advantage of the situation. Um, I posted the video from the, the Dave Van Horn, Tony Vitello argument earlier today um because we're recording this on wednesday what 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 went through the locker room with that situation that was one of the most crazy things uh see the problem with my end of the story is i was in the bullpen so i was coming out late so i didn't really hear any of the the banter that was going on between them but um you know obviously that was a pretty crazy moment i mean it was almost a full-out brawl and yeah, Evan Russell standing on the middle of the field, like yelling at us to come over there and fight. Like <laughs> after after we already beat him, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was you know some back and forth early in the week, and I think it kind of just tripled over after after we beat him. I mean, uh, tempers were flowing and a lot of emotion in that one moment. But I'm sure Coach Van Horn probably has his side of the story that's a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah. So so there was that. There was last year when I asked Robert Moore about how it felt to be in first place, and then he took the question to, "We're going to turn some heads against that team in the East," and then, and <laughs> I think I can. I, I'll take a little bit of the blame because I posted the clip, and then I didn't expect it to go off like it did. So if if Robert Moore is listening to this, and maybe you could tell him for me, like I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like like <laughs> make people not like him. Robert took it to the ultimate extreme of all extremes. And, um, you know, it's not like he's just some random guy and, you know, sends a little clip. That's a, that's a bold statement. And 
you know, that puts a little target on your back, I think. And, you know, I think Arkansas media is normally like, let's, let's keep it down. Like, let's try to just play the game. And I know Coach Van Horn pushes that a lot, but Robert definitely went off the rails on that one. That, uh, that definitely was not the answer I was trying to evoke with that question. Um, yeah, but but I anyway, I mean, <laughs> but, but you got Tennessee on, on the schedule in April this year. I, I imagine everybody in, in really the baseball world, not just college baseball, has to have that one circled. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, uh, two big programs. They got a ton of good players, and I know their transfer um, portal success was up this year. Uh, they got a lot of good guys, and um, I think our fans love it. Their fans love it. Why not just do it every year? So, Amen. okay, so on the topic of Tennessee, is there a team, uh, it could be Tennessee, but is there a team that you just really did not like to play against? Like the team you hated to play the most? Uh, gosh, I hated playing Vanderbilt. Mm. I feel like every year they had my my number, um, even since freshman year. I mean, I always struggled. We played there my freshman year. I pitched horrible. Didn't even feel like I knew what I was doing. And then uh, last year, it was just like something goes wrong, and then you make one bad pitch, and you're down three runs. So uh, I think they always had my number. But fans-wise, I think it's probably the biggest thing. Um, I always hated A&M. But I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. I mean, I, I love how energetic their fans are. They get into it. They're screaming at you. They're saying anything they have to to get under your skin. And uh, obviously, everybody knows about the ball ball four chant and you know i got to ball 12 last year and that was a that's one of those ones you got to just you know take it to the teeth and, and keep going yeah um okay i honestly i could sit here and ask you questions all day uh zach gregory I, I i'm sure you noticed we were big gregory guys the money ball clip after every time he got on base did he ever talk about us he did not but uh, i know that his uh, OVP was his his prized possession, and uh, he's actually out here right now in Arizona. Obviously, he's at GCU, so uh, I might go catch that game on on Friday or Saturday. Um, what was it playing? Uh, yeah. Do you know who they're playing? I, uh, I want to say it's a, a super small school. I don't I don't really know exactly, but it's an Arizona school. Okay. Um. Yeah. The thing. The thing with uh. Gregory was was it Wicklander that told us that he was the hardest guy to pitch against? Yes. What what makes it so difficult? And he doesn't play for Arkansas anymore. It's just more of like a personal thing we want to know. What makes it so difficult to pitch against a guy like him? Uh, I think just, I mean, he's got a great eye. I mean, if you're not, you know, throwing it in the zone, um, or throwing executed pitches low that are, you know, breaking through the zone, he's not going to swing. So I think you know you got to offer him something that he can't do a lot with and. Um, you know, the inner half he does a great job with. So he can really capitalize on anything that's in the zone. He's not a huge guy. So it's kind of a shrunken, shrunken zone. And uh, you got to be pretty, pretty fine with all your pitches. I remember you mentioned Braden Webb a while ago. Uh, is is he your answer to the, the toughest Razorback you've had to face? Uh, I don't know if he's the toughest Razorback, but he definitely had my number. Um, I I'd have to say Kerstad was the toughest one. Just, I mean, obviously he's probably one of the best players to come out of Arkansas, but um, 
Brain Webb always had my number. I don't know what it was. I could make a great pitch, execute it on 0-2, and he would hit it out every time. I think he hit five home runs off me last fall or something crazy. Heston's a valid answer. Yeah, like, I mean, cursed out, that makes sense. Webb, his College World Series, the way he let off some of those games, uh, that was incredible. Was it the Stanford game where he had the ball, the triple, triple. off the wall? That, that was awesome. A great way to get y'all started. Oh, another another team... Uh, Stanford, you guys lost to them in Round Rock. By the way, I think we were the only media in Round Rock. That awful tournament. I think DVH hated it as well. And we missed your start. Yeah. <laughs> that was annoying. Uh, t- talk about Round Rock before I ask you about Stanford. Was that was it as bad as it was for us, for you guys? It was just the weather was horrible. I mean, any other situation where you have any sun at all, it probably would have been fine. But, you know, playing in 28 degrees and – light rain it's not ideal for an opening weekend anywhere <laughs> so it was uh I, I think the biggest thing was i mean obviously i don't think our fans there were too many fans there which i don't blame them i wouldn't have gone outside if i didn't have to but um i think definitely being in arlington is gonna help um another you know adding fuel to the fire i think it was alex williams was that his name for stanford he, yes. he said that he would take his lineup over y'all. Was that something that you guys kind of used in that game? What was the score, like 17-2 or something like that? Yeah. It was kind of a joke during the game. Uh, you know, after we got up a ton, we were, I was kind of just kicking it around to our, to our position players, uh, just saying, yeah, yeah, I guess they were right. <laughs> but that was another situation where, uh, you know, obviously – uh, Oliver kind of came in and was like, let's, let's not say anything. And then Coach Van Horn kind of reassured us that we should not say anything about uh, his comments. And then after we beat him, they kind of stuck to that because I, I was going to throw something in there at the end. But uh, stayed away from it. <laughs> Dang it, man. That would have been so good. Uh, um, you can't get those moments with with everything. You get on camera one time, it's it's stuck there forever. <laughs> Yeah, especially in the in the spotlight of the College World Series. Yeah, that is a different magnitude in Omaha. Um, I think my last question for you, and this has been awesome. We're definitely going to have to have you on again. I want to ask about Brady Slavens because we know he had uh, the elbow. Uh, it was the elbow issue last year. I- I'm sure he was struggling with that at times, but it seems like you know he's healthy. He's ready to go. Didn't get drafted. What do you, I mean, do you have high expectations from him this year? I think that very high. I mean, he's, he's rested. He's fully recovered now. I mean, I, we always knew that his arm was, um, you know, not right in a sense. I think last year he struggled with it all season. Um, so for him to get that right and then have all this time to train and uh, just get his body ready, I think, um, you know, taking time off sometimes is what you need. And, in his situation, he's going to be ready to go. I mean, he didn't play. I don't know how many games he played in the fall. It might not have been any, but yeah. So I mean, I think the guy's itching to play, and um, it's one of those deals where I think if he starts out hot, it might it might go for a while. You you mentioned his his arm being healthy. I've I've never seen him play third base before, but that's where he uh, he was in in uh, for for some of the scrimmages this winter. So did I mean? Did you know that he could do that? I didn't know that, and I don't think he'll be playing third base, but um, I could be totally wrong. I think he he's probably going to be in the outfield or um, 
I, I don't even know. I guess first base again would be first base. Yeah, he, Dave assured us he would not be playing outfield. No, because another another thing to Oliver, which I don't know if he listens, but Oliver put down on his uh, he sent a, a roster to us and he had Slavens in the outfield, and we were like, "Hey, why do you have Slavens in the outfield?" Dave told us he's going to be first base. And Oliver's like, that's what he said. And then we get in the press conference with Dave, and he's like, well, Oliver was wrong. He's going to be our first baseman. <laughs> he's got to stop spending so much time with football. Yeah, because Oliver splits time with football. So, But we, we like Oliver. He's good to us. Um, okay, last, last question. I lied. I'm sorry. I, um, I'm doing my preseason prediction story, like week by week. Here's what I think Arkansas's record is going to be. Now I know that you probably haven't, you know, looked at the schedule. You, I mean, but as far as the team talent, do you think that this team has the talent? Because there's a ton of new faces, but you've been around them. Do you think this team has the talent to make it to Omaha again and you know make another run? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they reloaded big time, and I think they got the big pieces to the puzzle that they needed uh, out of the transfer portal. I mean, anytime you add as like Caleb Cali and um, you know Hunter Holland. I mean, that's two two guys that will make a big impact on your team. And um, I think if if they pitch well, that's all they need to do. I mean, you can win a lot of games with pitching, and um, they'll obviously sling it well. You know, you get a lot of a lot of pop, um, a lot of guys that know the strike zone. So I think, you know, they have every everything they need to make that run. All right, I lied again. I have one more question. <laughs> I have one. I have one more question, and then I'll save the rest for next time we get you on. Um, I have declared Will McIntyre the 2023 Golden Spikes Award winner. Do you think that that is possible? Oh, <laughs> this is longstanding. It's not recent or anything. Like, yeah, no, I, it it happened like after his second appearance last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's always a chance. Uh, you never know. I think, I think having another pitcher win it would be, uh, it's going to be tough. I don't think pitchers winning it's a I don't know. It's kind of like the MVP. It's always a quarterback. So I, I think that um, it's probably going to be a position player, but if I was going to put my money somewhere, I think Will McIntyre is a good choice. There you go. That's what I needed. We've uh, we've seen all the NFL script memes recently. This is this is the college baseball script. It's been written. It's, it's going to happen. It's Will McIntyre. I, and I've also keep this recording. I, I've also for you know just put it in the back of your head. Austin Ledbetter is going to win the 2024 Golden Spikes Award winner. So. Those Brian guys. Yeah. To back Arkansas pitchers. That's you know. back to back Bryant guys. What no, I'll I'll save the Bryant question for later. You're I'll I'll save it later. Um Connor, thank you so much, man. We'll have to get you back on. We wish you the best of luck this season. We'll be keeping up with you. And uh yeah, thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me on. Had a had a good time with you guys. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. Huge thanks to Connor Nolan. What a great interview. Hopefully the first of many with him. Yeah, I, I hope that we can talk to him uh, a lot more throughout. And, uh, yeah, no, I just like, I mean, when we when we finished that interview, we both looked at each other and we were like, yep, that was it. That was great. True story, that happened. So, uh, yeah, he was brought to you by Matt Moore State Farm. Look, we're you're listening to this, we're on the road to Arlington. And we're covered by Matt Moore State Farm. And uh, it is, I mean, I'm telling you that I, I personally, I use State Farm because I get the great rate. 
I don't make a whole lot of money, guys. It, it, breaking news. I don't make a whole lot of money, but I can afford State Farm, and it's also, I got full coverage. So you can get that for a great rate as well. Call Matt Morris. Not You don't have to be in central Arkansas. You can be in any part of hog country. His number is 501-568-3222. Call him for car insurance, home insurance, life insurance. And now we go to Christian Cheatham with his baseball report. All right, so this... This one is going to be uh, Pro Hogs International. So, as most of you base, baseball fans know, the World Baseball Classic is back after, I think, a six-year hiatus from uh, COVID. Um, one of our former Hogs, Dominic Fletcher, is playing on Team Italy. Mm. And that game is on March 9th. And uh, I'm a huge fan of the WBC in general. It's like the World Cup for me, though. Like, You're I, going. It's an I'm going, yeah. Tournament. I'm the plan is to go to Phoenix for the, I forgot what group it is, but USA's group, group stage game. Three out of the four games we're going to be there. So I'm excited to see that. Um, but Italy will be playing in Taiwan against a lot of Asian teams, so China, Japan, uh, as well as uh, Cuba and the Czech Republic will be out there. But, yeah, so if you want to see some Pro Hogs in international play, check out Team Italy and also Team USA, and a Dominican is stacked as well. His, his brother is also playing with him, right, David? Yes, yes. Big league David Fletcher. And as well as Vinny uh, Pascatino from the Royals. Mm. So, yeah, we watched him hit a bomb. Yeah, we did. You didn't. You weren't there. We invited you. You didn't want to go. Oh. But your wife was giving birth, like, at any moment. Oh, yeah. So. That was a valid excuse. <laughs> We were like, Christian, why can't you come? He was like, she, she could go into labor <laughs> at any point. So, But we had a good time. We got to watch Vinny. Um, but yeah, what are y'all? What are y'all thoughts on the WBC? Uh, I'm, I love the tournament. I I mean, what six years? That's a long time. Mm-hmm. I I've, I've I've forgotten because I haven't been exposed to it. But um, I I always love international sporting events, and it's it's good that baseball has one because it's a very international game, yeah. despite the makeup of the Arkansas roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm. I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be on here, but I'm looking to see if Sonny Deshera is on Team Italy. I checked. He's not. <laughs> uh, he's not. I was going to say, should, everybody be, everybody should, should use his walk-up song at least on that team. Mm, that sucks. Anyways. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad that you get to go, Christian. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll have you do a a, a report on Our Dominic Fletcher while you're there. International correspondent, yeah. Christian Cheatham. International. We'll have you do a stand-up report, you know, the mic, the suit, everything. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. Everybody enjoy watching Arkansas baseball this weekend. It's back. We are back. It's going to be on Flow Sports, though, so that sucks. Hey, if you're on your way, safe trip. We'll see you there. Yeah, no, definitely hit us up in our DMs. Uh, I'm at Choke Mason. He's at drstew32 on Twitter. Uh, We'd love to meet you. We'd love to hang out, whatever it is. So just let us know. All right, we'll talk to everybody after the Texas game. It'll be, it'll be a late one Friday night. Yeah. Woo! All right, see you then. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.